Good morning. Welcome on this Sunday morning to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. Today we will continue on our comparisons and contrasts between the giving of the law and the giving of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. What was in the Old Testament, the, <clears throat> the Feast of Weeks in the New Testament, it is called the Day of Pentecost. And that is what we're looking at. We've been making a contrast and comparison that when the law was given, what things were in effect, and when the Holy Spirit came, what things came into effect. So, as we continue, the law, basically, Jesus came to fulfill it. According to Matthew chapter 5, 17, Think not that I am come to destroy the law. Remember, the law is written in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, not the written letter, but that which is engraved by the Holy Spirit in hearts of flesh in the life of a believer. I have not come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill what cannot be done because of the weakness of the flesh. Jesus was able to do it in the flesh and fulfill all the demands of righteousness of the law. In verse 18, it says, For verily I say unto you, Till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall not in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. So those things that are fulfilled and the things of the prophets that have yet to be fulfilled, not a single thing that was written, that was spoken of by in the Psalms, in the prophets, and in the law, will pass away. It all will be fulfilled. It has been, it is, and it will be. Because God cannot lie. Now, now that it has been fulfilled by Christ, now it is in force, according to Hebrews 8.6. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry. That's one. By how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which is two, which was established upon better promises, which is three. So now it is enforced because Jesus is alive. We don't need a lawyer to read the will. Jesus is our lawyer, and he is also the one that gave us his will. So therefore, it is enforced by him and by the power of the Holy Spirit to come to pass in the life of the believers. Now, it says in Hebrews chapter 10, in verse number 9, <clears throat> Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. And by taking it away, meaning that he fulfilled it. He fulfilled it. Now, the demands that the law required of every single individual were not able to be accomplished in the flesh. This would now take the work of the Holy Spirit and the work of Calvary in the life of the believer to meet the demands of righteousness. That means your right standing before God. Not your condemnation, but your right standing. Jesus is our right standing. He makes it possible to stand us, to stand before God completely right. 
because of the work that he did, because of his blood. So it says, <clears throat> the demands of righteousness in Luke chapter 10, verse 28, when this young lawyer comes to Jesus and he says, hey, you know, what shall I do to have a eternal life? And Jesus tells him, do this, do this, do this. And he says, I've done all these things. And Jesus answers him and says, thou has answered right. Do this and thou shalt live. See, the law required that you do these things to fulfill the righteousness of the law. But you could not, not in your own strength, not in your own power, not in your own ability. It was going to require more than that. And that is what Christ came to do for us. All of this, once again, because of the day of Pentecost coming, fully come, everything that came with that fulfillment also has been, and I'm going to use the word, lavished on us. All of these blessings, all of these things, all because of the coming of the Holy Spirit to make it possible for us to understand, comprehend, live, and walk by faith in these things. The law demanded righteousness. Coming to Christ gives you righteousness. For the law was given by Moses, according to John 1.17, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. And the book of Romans chapter 5 is actually tremendous in the way that it outlines this for us. It says in Romans chapter 5 verse 17, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Notice, just like eternal life is a gift, faith is a gift, righteousness is a gift. All made available and possible because of Calvary and the blood of Jesus and the giving of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. It says in verse number 18, Wherefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men, to condemnation, in other words, that's how it was before Christ's coming, and death, burial, and resurrection, even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. So this gift was made possible through one act of Christ for us, and it's available to all men and women that come to him. In Romans chapter 5, in verse 19, the scripture continues and says, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. So by the disobedience of Adam, he brought us all down with him, and we were made sinners. By the obedience of Christ, he brought us up with him because it's his righteousness it's his righteousness in which we are made not in our own but in his i stand right you stand right we stand right as christians and believers before god because of the righteous act of jesus the righteousness of fulfilling the righteous demands of the law and because god is righteous then he sees 
the righteous Jesus in us and is able to say, we have been made his righteousness because he became our sin. The law also did not make anything perfect. It was imperfect. Whereas the Holy Spirit and the act of Christ on the cross and the sacrifice does make things perfect. It says in Hebrews 7.19, For the law made nothing perfect. Now that is perfectly clear. The law made nothing perfect. Nothing. But the bringing in of a better hope did. In other words, bringing in of what Christ did for us, that better hope, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, the Holy Spirit in our lives. And like I said, the floodgates that were open when the Holy Spirit came, that are part of all those things that were lavished upon us. And it says, if we continue reading in Hebrews seven nineteen, by which, because of that better hope, because of Christ making us perfect in Him as far as uh, His righteousness, by which we draw near unto God. That makes a difference. Then, the law was glorious. There was a glory to it. But, the coming of the Holy Spirit was more glorious. And you say, well, how, how, how can you compare that? Well, compare the moon uh, to the sun. The glory of the moon is one. The glory of the earth is another. But the glory of the sun, you cannot even compare that to the moon. Well, compare the moon as the law and compare the sun as the giving of the Holy Spirit and all that comes with that. So, this is what the scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7. But if the ministry of death or the ministration of death written and engraved in stone was glorious. There it is. Not inventing it or making it up, but writing the scripture. If it was glorious, the finger of God writing on tablets of stone, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses, for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away. Notice, done away. Not abolished, but fulfilled. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 8. Now we talk about more glorious. How shall not the ministry or the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? Verse number 9. If the ministration of condemnation, in other words, if the law condemned us, was to glory, there was a glory involved in it, how much more does the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory? So, the ministering of the Word of God, the ministering of the Holy Spirit, the ministering by faith, the ministering of all these gifts that God has given us, and even ministering righteousness to people, exceeds in glory in comparison to keep the law. Don't do this, do that. Don't do this, do that. Don't do this, do that. Don't do that, do this. In comparison to he, that is Christ, has crucified the flesh. 
Therefore, we can walk in the Spirit. We can live in the Spirit. So it is the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, that makes it powerful in our lives to be able not only to minister the righteousness that is in us because of Christ, but that righteousness can be ministered to others when they are confronted with the fact that we are no longer under condemnation if we walk not after the flesh, but walk after the Spirit. All the guilt and all the condemnation that has consumed the mind, the hearts, and the lives of people is done away with when the righteousness of Christ comes in our lives through the Holy Spirit, by the work of Christ, so that we can be free, truly, truly free from all these things. And then the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 3.10, For even that which was made glorious, talking about the law, had no glory in comparison. In this respect, by reason of the glory that excelleth. The glory that is involved by what Christ did for us is tremendous because the scripture even says, you know, that he was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. So that glory is the hope of every believer according to the book of Colossians 1.27. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And of course, when we are resurrected, and given you bodies. The Bible says very clearly in chapter 15 of the book of 1 Corinthians that people's lives will have different levels of glory using the moon and the sun and the stars and, and, and the earth all as examples of the different types of glories that exist. Well, consider this. Your redemption draweth nigh. Keep looking up because... Jesus is coming back. Prepare yourself. Be ready. Be blessed. In Jesus' name, amen.